one of the most powerful things you can do as a homeschool parent is to model what you want your children to learn. So if you want them to be readers, you have to read. Isn't that amazing? So now you get to practice modeling positive things for your kids. If I want my kids to read, they have to see me reading. So now I can sit down on the couch or in my favorite rocking chair and read and ask them for a few minutes, mommy, you know, and we get to practice that too, right? It's not like they just immediately are like, that's amazing. Look at our mother reading in her chair by herself. We should bug her. <laughs> it's practice, right? It's, it's us saying mommy's reading right now and that's okay. Why don't you grab a book, sit next to me and you read your book by yourself and I'll read my book by myself, you know, and it's practicing, 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 pra and eventually they get it. And eventually you get to sit down for 30 minutes with one interruption, you know, and you actually get to read too. And the guilt just goes away because you know that you're actually modeling something healthy for your kids. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and your host of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. As a podcast host, I am also a podcast lover, and I listen to podcasts pretty much all day, every day in my ears, unless I'm on with a client or recording another podcast. I love having podcasts in my ears when I go on walks, when I go on runs, and every so often, there is a podcast episode that I feel like was made for me. And you guys, this podcast episode that we are about to, that you are about to listen to today was one that I was so incredibly grateful to be a part of because it seriously felt like it was made for me. And of course, I am so excited to take you along for the ride to take you into my conversation with Lori Beth Aldridge. Lori Beth is a Maui mama to three little girls who's been married to her husband, Chris, for almost seven years. Together, they own a successful renovation company, flipping houses on the island. But as a mama, her heart beats for all things motherhood and the need for authentic and vulnerable community. She encourages and inspires her audience at yayamamas.com and on her podcast, Elevate motherhood, is creator of guided journals for moms and founder of Yaya Mamas, a virtual community of women uniting and linking arms in motherhood. Lori Beth is a lifelong learner, writer, and speaker who focuses on a soft perspective when tackling some of the toughest conversations in motherhood. 
Friends, we talked about so much in this episode. We dug into mindset in motherhood and how important it is to have a growth mindset as a mom. We talked about the power of journaling, especially guided journaling, and how it can help you take care of yourself better as a mom, um, giving you something to focus on and center yourself on. When we can sometimes get lost in the world of motherhood, if we are also working moms, we talked about work-life balance and how to make it happen when you are a mom and you are also a working mom. And then we dug pretty deep into homeschool and making homeschool work for you. So for those of you who don't know, we were a homeschooling family for a year. Um, We actually pulled our daughter out of her second week of preschool, which is something we never expected to do. She went to preschool for a couple years prior and she was just not thriving in that preschool class. She was just so upset every time she would come back from school and we're like, okay, why are we paying hundreds of dollars to send her to a school that she's not enjoying? And so we had a long, hard conversation and we decided to pull her out and homeschool her for her pre-K year. And then we decided to come to her and ask her if she'd like to go to school in the fall. And she said yes, and the joke was on us when halfway through the school year, (laughs) the kids were all pulled out due to COVID, which is just funny and ironic. Um, But my love of homeschooling was sparked again, and we decided as a family to dive back into the world of homeschooling coming up on this upcoming school year. So it's a whole new world for us as she will be seven in November, and we're digging into first grade, which feels a lot more serious than pre-K and kindergarten. Feels like, you know, we're we're getting into it now. So I was so curious to pick Lori Beth's brain on how she homeschools her three kids, her really beautiful perspective on homeschooling in a way that works for you and in a way that's really flexible. So, you know, whether or not you are a homeschool mom or you have ever considered homeschooling your kids, it's a really powerful conversation on flexibility in our families and our schedules and really making your life look like the life that works for you and your family and that it doesn't need to look like anyone else's. I could go on and on and talk about how incredible this conversation was, but I'm going to go ahead and just let you go ahead and listen to it yourself. I know you're going to love this episode. Hi, Lori Beth. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to dig into all of the things we have to chat up to chat about today. Oh, aloha. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. I love your mission and I am so honored to be able to speak into it. Thank you. Absolutely. I love the Hawaii welcome with the aloha. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, I am on the East Coast and Lori Beth is in Hawaii. So we're pretty much as far as we could possibly be in person to each other. So it's really cool to be able to uh, to chat today. I love starting with just a really quick icebreaker. I ask all of my guests this. It's super easy. But what is the first thing that you drink when you wake up in the morning? Coffee. In fact, I'm having my second cup right now. We make our own at home and we're real bougie. We do (laughs) either um, French press or, and then I do make my own um, creamer. I do half coconut milk from a can 
um, the organic one from Whole Foods because it makes me so happy. And coconut, you know, it reminds me of coconut lattes. And um, I mix it with almond milk. So I make mine in my own mason jar. So I get a huge mason jar, dump in one can of coconut milk, and the other half is almond milk, blend it up with the immersion blender. Fancy, fancy, fancy. <laughs> I love fancy. that. <laughs> I actually, there is a coconut almond creamer that yeah. I was enjoying for a while. I go back and forth. I'm a huge coffee lover too. And I go back and yeah. forth between using like straight organic heavy cream and then doing a dairy free. And I was using a creamer that is coconut and almond milk. And I really should just make my own. It would be less expensive and there wouldn't be any other added stuff in there. I love that. I have a sneaky suspicion we used the same alternative creamer and it was too expensive and it was such a little container. And I was like, who, who just drinks like a, a drip in their coffee? I mean, like <laughs> yes. fake lattes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I would love if I already shared your bio, but if we, you could just start out by sharing who you are and what you're passionate about bringing to the world. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I'm Lori Beth Aldrich. I live on the island of Maui. I've got three daughters, which it feels like a dream come true. I always wanted to be a mom. And if I, you know, little kid Lori, you know, were to dream about the perfect scenario, it would be having three daughters. And so I just feel completely honored and privileged and reminded of that every single day. I'm married to my husband, Chris. We flip houses here on the island. Um, we also run a renovation business. I have a blog um, that kind of morphed into a podcast. I like both, but man, I really love talking. I love the conversations. I love the perspective. And so that's what I'm really passionate about is helping moms feel resourced um, because I know that when I started off, even with my background in child development and, and all of that, I felt like I was at an, an advantage, but I still didn't feel like I had all the resources. And then as I looked around and talked with other moms and especially moms who don't have a background in child development, I was like, you know what, we need to be talking. We need to be speaking more truth and not just like trying to paint the picture of like the perfect motherhood thing, you know, and try to find a balance between the two. So that's why I really appreciate your ba the balance part of your mission too, because I feel like it's ups and downs, you know, the whole day is that part of that balance is almost like balancing on a surfboard or something, you know, riding the waves of the up and the down and the up and the down and the up and the down. So I wanted to talk about that more. And I wanted moms to have more joy and peace and balance and resources in their lives. So that's why I started the blog. And then that's why I started elevating motherhood, um, my podcast, because I wanted to have more conversations. I didn't want it to be me just speaking to people on a page and having them read it. I wanted the commentary back. I wanted to hear back from people too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I am 100% with you on loving to talk and loving <laughs> to have conversations with other women. Many of my guests that come on are moms. From The majority of them are moms. I have all different types of women come on and share about all different topics. We started because my background's in nutrition with a lot on nutrition and intuitive eating and finding balance in that way. And it has morphed into deeper conversations on every topic. Like we're talking today, we're going to talk about motherhood and mindset and homeschooling and all of those things. And I think that being able to have people hear our voice and hear our conversations with other women makes them feel very much not alone. Like we are all in this together because we are mm -hmm. as a collective motherhood, but it can feel very isolating, I think. So I really, really appreciate the work that you do. 
Oh, thank you. I was just thinking, I think it's so wonderful that you have that background in nutrition and you talk about that, but then you honor the fact that moms are whole people and we have multiple interests. So we might come to you thinking, yeah, actually I want to talk to you about nutrition. I think that's fascinating. And I feel like we, all of us grew up missing nutrition 101 or something. Um, so it's wonderful. But then I love that you honor all of us by tapping into our interests because we're not just interested in nutrition. We're not just technically interested in mom stuff. We're interested in getting to know our true selves and, and feeding ourselves that way too. So way to go. I'm high-fiving you through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you. I love it. <laughs> so your blog has a, and so I guess your business from your blog has a really unique name. Can you share how the Yaya Mamas started and where the name came from? Yeah, sure. It is kind of funny. I was trying to think of a name for my blog and I had two kids at that point and my oldest, um, they're only 21 months apart, but the, yeah, the oldest one couldn't say her sister's name. The second one couldn't say her sister's name. My kids like just, they couldn't say their complicated names. So they would call each other Yaya. And so I was like, that is so adorable. And that's very sister-like. And you know, these innocent little kids didn't realize what it was they were saying. They weren't aware of the Yaya sisterhood book or anything like that. And I was like, that's so sweet. So they just like pet name called out to each other Yaya all the time. And it was so sweet. And I was like, you know what? I need more Yaya's in my life. <laughs> I want, I want that feeling of sisterhood. And I was like, you know, that's what I have. That's what I have with my mom's group here on the Island. I feel like we are sisters and I have two biological sisters. So I, I kind of know what that energy feels like, what I want it to feel like. So that's where Yaya Mamas comes from um, because we're moms, we're also sisters and and we need that sisterhood. You know, there's all these cliches of it takes a village. And I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's people involved in that village. There's individuals in that village and they need to be talking to each other. So we need to move beyond the whole, it takes a village and then figure out how to be that village for each other and then how to tap into that for ourselves as moms too. And I knew I needed resource when my oldest was three months old and I was at a restaurant and I thought everything was going great. You know, I'd been a mom for three months. The baby is adorable. I've always wanted to be a mom to a baby. This is magical and maddening all in the same breath. And I saw another mom who had a baby about the same age and every fiber of my being wanted to just accost her and be like, hi, how are you? How old's your baby? What do you do? No, no, no. You want to get together? Let's make baby food. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> because I was so desperate for that connection. And it wasn't until I kind of ventured out of the house at three months with my first baby that I was like, whoa, I actually need something more than just the cute family photos. And I need more than just this experience. I need to talk about it so very, very, very badly. But I didn't want to talk about it with just anybody. I wanted to talk about, well, I did at that point. <laughs> but now I want to talk about it with people that, you know, I trust, my sisters, if you will. So that's where, that's where the name Yaya and my Yayas come in. Oh, I love that so much. And it, it makes me kind of reflect on my early, early days of motherhood as well, where my husband and I, my husband, any listeners who've been listening for some time know that we lived in Toronto for about five years. My husband's Canadian and my oldest was born in Canada and we had a few friends there, but we didn't have the same community that I have here because I, I grew up in Rhode Island. And when she was born, I thought everything was good and everything was fine. And we had this little baby. And I remember kind of sitting with her, Nick, my husband had gone back to work 
And I was like, what are we going to do? <laughs> Cause it was just me and this little baby. And I was getting a little stir crazy. She was probably around the same age. She was a few months old. And so we decided to go to the library and I'm not thinking, what am I going to do with a three month old baby at the library? I just put her in the baby wrap and we wandered yeah. around the library and I looked at books and I remembered seeing this little group of moms and toddlers sitting for story time and going, okay, I don't quite feel like I fit in there yet because this baby's asleep. And I remember just kind of like peeking around the corner and seeing them and almost as if it was something out of like a movie going, it'd be really nice to be a part of that one day. And uh, long story short, we ended up moving about, um, well, only a few months later back to Rhode Island. And when I did, when my oldest was about nine months, I joined a mom's group. And that was my first experience other than being around my own mom being around other moms and being able to share in this journey of motherhood. And it really was powerful. And those are some of my very best friends in the mm -hmm. world. I got married really young and none of my friends had babies or very few of my friends had babies when I had my first baby. So it was really powerful to be able to share in that motherhood journey with other moms. Agreed. Oh, wow. What a good story. I could totally picture it the whole time. I know exactly how you were feeling peeking around the bookshelves in the library. <laughs> I love that. I love that we, we really can connect with each other's stories and mm -hmm. all the different areas of, of motherhood. And one of the, one of the areas of motherhood that I really appreciate as I'm digging into your work and something that I love that you talk about that is certainly not talked about enough is the idea of mindset in motherhood. And there's one thing that you shared on your site that really resonated with me. You said that we may be transformed into a mom with the birth of our children, but it takes a while to grow into that role. So what does it mean to grow into the role of being a mom and to have this growth mindset as a mom? I thank you for that question. I love, love, love talking about mindset because when people want to know how, how do I do it? How do you do it? They'll ask me. And I'm like, it's all mindset. It is all mindset. I don't have time for self-care. That is mindset. You know, I am super frustrated. That is mindset. Um, you know, I'm having this issue. Well, you know, it's, it's a mindset thing and we can reframe the way we look at our motherhood journey. We can reframe our days and there's so much freedom in a growth mindset that I think that most people don't realize. And it's as simple as you acknowledging that you are a lifelong learner and you are learning beside your child. I cannot begin to tell you how much freedom, that feeling of freedom you have when you really understand that this is your first time being a mom. This is your first time ever being a mom to a one-year-old. This is your first time ever being a mom to a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a teenager, a 20-something. It's your first time and you don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to pretend like we have all the answers. You can be honest with yourself. You can be honest with your partner, with your kids, with your family, with friends, whatever. I'm not sure what to do in this situation. But there are also resources on the other side of that not knowing too. So I think that if you can acknowledge you're a lifelong learner, that you're growing and changing alongside your child, it gives you the opportunity for something new. So you can be having a bad day, a bad week, a bad season, a bad quarantine. <laughs> you can have a 
any of this stuff. And we, there is the opportunity to move beyond that because with the growth mindset, you're not stuck. It's very, very, very freeing. And I try to offer that new perspective very softly to moms because my gosh, we're so overwhelmed with all the things because even though we don't have the answers in that moment, boy, it doesn't, don't we feel the pressure to have the answers in that moment, you know, whether it be a discipline issue with our children or what to cook for dinner, you know, <laughs> like we're constantly, we, dinner still has to happen. Consequences still have to happen, you know, um, and there are resources for all those things. There's Pinterest for recipes. There's parenting styles for what to do in that moment. But if you can just give yourself permission to acknowledge and be true to yourself, be truthful with yourself, I don't have all the answers all the time. And that's okay. You will be set free, seriously, from all of this, the toxic messages about motherhood and modern motherhood. And I hate to call it toxic, but more and more and more, I'm seeing that that's actually what it is. So we're encouraged to be, feel stuck, to feel under-resourced, to feel undervalued, unappreciated, all of that. But if we step into a growth mindset instead, there's actually opportunity for us to move beyond that. And there's a lot of peace, happiness, freedom, all the positive emotions on the other side of that too. It's also not something we necessarily need to do by ourselves. That's where that sisterhood comes in too, right? So we can feel heard, we can feel understood, we can talk about our problems, big and small, and say, can I have some help moving through this? And that's when our sisters can step in and say, okay, here's some resources, here's some stories I can share with you. You know, I'm not offering you the cut and dry black and white solution because I don't think there is one. I don't think there's any sort of cookie cutter mom mindset that you need to have or solution to every single problem or the perfect recipe or the perfect way to discipline your child. <laughs> it's instead listening to people's stories, taking what you need for your life and your family and apply it or don't, you know? And so that's part of that growth mindset too, is realizing that every answer, solution, story isn't necessarily something that you have to take in as truth for you. So I think that part of this growth mindset and being a lifelong learner also involves getting to know yourself, getting to know your families, getting to know your values, your family's values, and then aligning your actions with those values. A lot of freedom comes in, in that, in that mindset too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I, can so relate to the feeling of wanting to have all the answers or feeling like you should have all the answers. And mm -hmm. I know in so many conversations I've had with other moms, both in person and the clients I work with going, well, I should know this. I should mm -hmm. know how to do this. Women have been mothers for thousands of years. So we should just inherently know how to do this. And I'm like, but we've done this. Like you said, it takes a village. We've done this as a community for thousands of years. We've done this together. And I think it's only recently that we've sort of separated ourselves and there are all these expectations put on moms to just read the book and, and it'll work. And maybe, maybe that book will work. And maybe that book will give you some advice. Maybe that's not the right book for you. Maybe right. you need another woman to speak into you and say, it's okay. If that's not the right solution for you, there, there is one out there, but it's okay to keep exploring. And I love that idea of that growth mindset. When I talk to women 
about food and their bodies and finding this place of balance, we, we talk about something similar. And it's okay if what you're doing isn't working now. We can grow into that. It might be different in, next, in the next season where your needs and um, you know, figuring out what aligns with your value in that season changes as well. So it can be applied in, in so many areas. I love that. Ooh, have you done that um, episode yet? Growth Mindset and Nutrition? Because I would tune in immediately. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about it with, with guests, but it's definitely something I think I should, I should dig into a little bit more. <laughs> oh, I would tune in for sure. For sure. I love it. It's so, it's so, so powerful. I love it. So I'm wondering, so one of the things you mentioned was making decisions for your family with this mindset of being a lifelong learner in alignment with your values. Mm-hmm. So how does a mom who's a new mom or maybe a new mom of two, or in you know a period of transition in her life, how does she decide? How does she know what her values are and how to move forward with making decisions that are right for her family? Well, that's a hard one, isn't it? Especially when you're a new mom, um, because sleep is like the most important value at that time. Um, I will tell you a story about my house. Sleep became a value in our house um, when we had our first child. And about six weeks with the hormone crashes and the big changes and big emotions and just extreme, extreme, extreme sleep deprivation, my husband and I said the nastiest things we've ever said to another human, to each other. And, you know, it's supposed to be this wonderful, blissful, magical time. And here we are six weeks into it. Everyone wants to see the baby. Everyone the cute pictures. Everyone wants this, everyone wants that. And we are just, wow, being so not nice to each other. And I stood in the hallway holding my baby. I can remember what I was wearing. I can remember the sun coming through the skylight. I can remember all of it. And I just sobbed and said, I am so tired. I am just so tired. And it was in speaking that truth and getting down to the bare bones of what my needs were in that moment as a new mom, I needed more sleep. And so in that moment, our whole lives changed. We still prioritize sleep, by the way, six and a half years later. <laughs> but it is the family value that, that we need to take care of our bodies. And by not taking care of our bodies, by not resting, by not making time, by filling our days with busy work instead of meeting our very most basic need of sleep, um, we were doing ourselves and our baby and our marriage a huge disservice. So my advice for brand new moms is basic needs, like start with the basic needs, you know, almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, make sure that you are, gosh, going to the bathroom by yourself. If that's important to you, make sure you're taking a shower. You know, you don't have to be a shower martyr. You can, you can take the shower. (laughs) If you don't want to take the shower, you can also not take the shower. You know, you can rest, you can lay down, you can make time for these things. You can let go of other expectations, but really we are called almost primally when we become new moms to really tap into a whole new level of understanding ourselves and our bodies because it feels like starting over from scratch. But like you said, there's this pressure to feel like we already know what we're doing or how to do it or, oh, heaven help us, this whole get your pre-baby body back stuff, you know, that message. You can let go of that. That does not have to be a value in your life. You can let go of that. You can let go of your, you feel like you're supposed to go all the places and see all the people and do all the things. No, you can actually decide that for you and your family in that moment, in that season, in that day, in that week, in that 20 minutes, 
that you are going to prioritize your needs as well. So I guess that's another part of my advice for new moms is don't forget yourself in those family values and your needs in those family values, because if they're not clear um, to you, they're going to become real clear. <laughs> your body's going to let you know, your mind is going to let you know, your hormones are going to let you know, hey, you know, tap, 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 uh, pay attention to me too. Yes. Oh, I love that advice so, so much. We really do, I think, in every area of our lives need to listen to the wisdom of our bodies and our intuition. And I talk about that a lot here on the podcast, and it's really easy to ignore and decide that we should be a certain way, but we need to take away the shoulds and go, okay, what is right for our family and our bodies and, and our life? So I love that. So you have this really beautiful process of guided journaling. And I want to touch on this. There's so many things we could, we could go on about when it comes to this growth mindset as moms. But I think this has been, it seems, a really big part of maintaining that um, and maintaining a, a special practice that's just yours in your journey of motherhood. And I've been a journaler for years and years, but I haven't really spent a lot of time kind of being guided in journaling. And when I'm, I'm going through your website and I'm looking at these different journal guides and I love it so much because I know that there are days where I just sit down in front of my journal and I go, I don't even know where to start. And sometimes a brainstorm comes and sometimes it doesn't. So how has this centered you as a mom and how have you seen this help other women through you sharing it? Oh, it has been one of the most magical things I've ever done. And some of the most heartfelt conversations I've had with other moms have come out of the guided journal topics. Uh, it changed my life big time. I'm a huge journaler. The power of pen to paper is just incredible. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's not just about having the pretty pen that writes very smoothly, although that's nice. <laughs> and the beautiful journals that, you know, represent you or whatnot. When I sat down to do my very first guided journal, it was because I needed to fill a need for myself. I wasn't getting any alone time. I wasn't getting any me time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take five minutes a day and that's what I'm going to do. But I needed some direction on it. So I decided to spend an entire month, five minutes a day, 30 questions, 31 questions, and just think about 30 different things when it comes to alone time, me time, what was blocking it, why I was blocking it, were other people blocking it, was I blaming myself, was I blaming other people, what did I actually want to do instead of getting five minutes to myself and being like, I don't even know what to do or where to go or I don't know, should I go to a coffee shop? That seems cliche, but I want to go. <laughs> you know, just I had this whole dialogue with myself and I needed to get that out on paper. I needed to have that power of pen to paper. I needed to write it down. I needed to make a list of things that I was interested in doing. And it went from, I don't know what to do to a list of a hundred things that I actually want to do as a person, as a woman, not just as a mom, but as me, as the real me. So the very first guided journal was about alone time and finding out what that meant. Um, but then I also wanted to work on so many other things. I wanted to work on food. 
and have a better understanding of that. I wanted to work on fitness, but I didn't want the pressure of get your pre-baby body back or try this program. I wanted to figure out what I was interested in. I wanted to be truthful with myself. So in the fitness month, I wrote down, I don't like yoga. <laughs> I like the pants, but I don't like <laughs> yoga itself. And, but I worked through that, you know, and I will practice it a little bit now, but I needed to write it down. I need to get out all my bratty thoughts about it, all this stuff that was holding me back. Um, but then because of that, I started taking um, Pure Bar. You, for five months, I did it. As a result of five minutes a day for one month, I ended up signing up for five months of Pure Bar and it was life-changing. It was a good community. It was a great workout. It was super interesting. But I had to take a few minutes every single day because it feels like we don't have more than that. So I thought I'm worthy of five minutes. And so that's what I started to do. And we went over all kinds of things, friendship, because so many issues come up in our friendships and we don't talk about them. So I wanted to spend some time deepening my friendships, figuring out what was important to me. We did date night um, because after the me time, I was ready to spend more time with my husband. <laughs> the following month. So we ended up doing date night. I think we went on something crazy, like almost a dozen dates that month or something. But then we also were able to talk about what we were interested in doing on date night instead of going out, sitting down at a restaurant, staring at pictures of our kids and being like, what do we do now? Instead, we had more adventures. We tried new things. It was absolutely wonderful. So all of this five minutes a day, all these different topics, because we have our whole lives to learn too, right? We're lifelong learners. So instead of trying to figure out a fitness regimen, the perfect food to eat, going on date nights with our husband, creating a sense of home, having deeper friendships, it's too much to do all at once. So I paced it out instead with five minutes a day, one topic for one month. And then I just moved from topic to topic to topic to topic. And I had more peace in my home, more peace in my marriage, deeper connections with my friendship, a healthier relationship with food. I was moving my body more, although truth be told, I probably need to revisit fitness month and do it all over again. But I, it, the guilt just melted away when I did that, because it, I was actively working on myself and I was actively working on things that were important to me, not important to what society tells me that mom should be into or what we should be doing. But instead, I chose the topics that were important to me. And it turns out these are topics that are important to a lot of other moms too. And one of the best conversations I had was when moms would reach out and say, wow, this has changed my life. This has changed my marriage. This has changed me. I can't believe how much time I have to myself. I can't believe how, how my friendships have deepened. I can't believe how much I appreciate my home more. I can't believe how much changing my food has changed my mental health. You know, and I think one of the biggest compliments ever was a mom who said, you know, I felt stupid every day of my life until I did this. And I realized that there are other moms out there who don't have all the answers, who don't have it figured out. And now I feel like this is the way life is supposed to be instead of feeling like me being me and me feeling like I don't have all the answers is makes me dumb because it doesn't. And I was surprised to hear how many moms feel that way, that they feel like they have to have all the answers or they have to have all the perfect 
fitness, food, date night, motherhood, parenting, all this stuff. When we let go of that and work on it just a little bit at a time, it moves us forward at a doable pace in a way that's true to ourselves because journaling is very personal right? So we're not, we're writing for ourselves. We're not writing a post on Facebook. We're not doing an Instagram story where we're telling people what we, what we think they want to hear. Instead, it's just us in the privacy of our journal, writing down what's truly meaningful to us and working on things that we want to work on. Man, it is, I love guided journaling. In fact, it makes me want to do it right now. I love that you break it down with just one thing at a time. I think it takes so much of the pressure off of it. And I already said that I've been journaling for years and I love, I'm a pen to paper girl too. I won't even really use Google calendar except for business. (laughs) I love, I love writing things on paper and I do think that there's so much power. I encourage the women I work with to journal quite a bit as well. But having that one topic a month that you're focusing on, it's so low pressure. And I love that you said you are worthy of five minutes. That's it. Five minutes. We can all find five minutes in our day, whether it's first thing in the morning or before we go to bed. And then we can expand on it from there. But how many of us as moms, and I'm speaking for myself, you know, right now we're recording this quite early where um, this isn't going to launch for a couple months now, but it's May and we're kind of coming into the end of a period of quarantine. And there are some days during quarantine where I was really great and I woke up early to get some work done and I always do my journaling first and get some work done and then the kids wake up. There are other days where the kids would wake me up because I was tired because I stayed up late working the night before. And those days where I get woken up by my kids in the morning and I don't give myself even just those five or 10 minutes to sip my coffee and do my journaling, it's it, my entire day is different. And it's really transformed when I get those few minutes in the morning, even if it's just a few minutes. And I think more women, more moms need to be encouraged that it's okay to take those five minutes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that you have it guided in that way where it is so low pressure. We're just focusing on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I hear you with the first thing in the morning thing. If I don't take time for myself before the kids wake up, I feel like I'm fighting for me time the entire day. And I can be totally honest with myself and all of you that the days that I do sleep in, I try to pay attention to my body, right? Because sleep is a big value in our house. So if I need it, I'll take it. But those days, the rest of the day, it almost seems not worth it because I'm so grouchy and I'm like, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? Where's my five minutes? And I fight myself. So even with all this, it takes a lot of practice. (laughs) I still find myself reverting back to... Oh, I just need five minutes. Well, honey, take it, take the five minutes, but it's much, much, much easier if I take it first thing in the morning. Cause then I fill my cup and I'm not looking for that five minutes the rest of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally with you on that. I know it's, it's almost hard to admit how hard those days are sometimes because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, it's only a few minutes in the morning, but it really, it really does make a huge difference. And even if it isn't first thing in the morning, but I'm, I'm with you. I like that, that those first few moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in speaking about that and in speaking about life as a mom and days that go well and days that don't go so well, I want to talk about the topic of work-life balance, which is 
Oh my goodness. Such a hot topic when it comes to moms, especially moms who are working moms. You own a company with your husband and then you also have your blog and your podcast. How do you do it all? (laughs) How do you make it work? And also as a mom, we're going to dig into homeschooling in a little bit. You're homeschooling your little girls. What is your idea of work-life balance and how do you make it work for your family? Wow. Well, I wake up early Um, and um, some of my first appointments and interviews and all of that start as early as 5 a.m. here, but that's me honoring that I am a morning person. If I were a night owl, I would want to honor that I'm a night owl, you know, but I have made way for the real me instead of being like, oh, you know, I have to wait till the kids to go to bed to get anything done. That does not work for me. I just go to bed with the kids (laughs) unless there's a new episode of Outlander then. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but I wake up early and I um, also fill my days with things that I want. Um, I want to homeschool my kids. I want to have miniature goats and fancy chickens. It's something that I've always wanted to do. You know, I want to do the podcast. I want to renovate houses with my husband, but it's taken years for that to unfold, you know, for our life to unfold. And it's, it's not just us deciding this is the, what we want in our life. It's allowing it to unfold, allowing the plan to kind of come together and then answering our true callings. So for a lot of people, uh, remodeled equals remarried. But for my husband and I, it's actually our secret sauce because I come up with a design and he makes it come to life and he loves my designs and I love that he can make it come to life. I love that he works hard and can do that as a problem solver. So for us, that sort of works. Um, I'm sure that you're looking for pragmatic answers too. (laughs) So, and that's what a lot of mamas are after when it comes to that work at home, homeschool balance. And I do that by time blocking and having a rhythm rather than a set schedule, if you will. So uh, to explain the difference um, between a schedule and a rhythm, a schedule says you will have breakfast at 7 a.m. You will get out the door at 7.30. You will do this at 8 o'clock. You'll do this at 8.30. Instead, a rhythm is um, we're going to wake up, and then you have breakfast, and then it's playtime, and then we're going to go to mom's group, and then we're going to have lunch, and then we're going to do schoolwork in the afternoon. So I completely let go of the schedule. That being said, podcasting involves schedules. So I try to block out times where I know that I will be available during specific times for other people because this magic can't happen from the East Coast (laughs) across the country in an ocean to here unless there is a schedule. So I plug in those times as absolutes, but I don't do homeschool time absolutes. Ask any of my mom's group (laughs) when I show up an hour late to mom's group (laughs) because it just wasn't going with the flow, you know, but that's Maui too. We're a lot more um, flexible out here, but I also normalize ups and downs too. Yeah, because there are going to be days that I'm high energy, um, depending on everything from like where I am in my cycle to what kind of week we're having at work to uh, illness, you know, if the kids are up all night, you know, so I try to normalize that and just go with it. And we also, um, we don't do a Monday through Friday schedule. So we do seven days a week because we believe this is life. So again, it's mindset, right? So we have reframed it so that we're not living for the weekend anymore. We just look at our life and say, okay, this is us. 
together seven days a week, what needs to be done when, and we also prioritize rest too. So hard work, sure, we work hard, but we also play hard. I mean, we don't work seven days a week super hard here to live on the island of Maui and not enjoy it too and not be part of that community. But it's in that mindset of seven days a week. It's in that mindset of normalizing ups and downs, going with energy, um, honoring the individual too has been huge. I know it sounds like one more thing to add to a a schedule, but there are five people in our house um, with five different interests at all times, five different needs, five different desires as to what we're going to have for breakfast, (laughs) five different everything. And so by honoring that, it actually frees up more mental energy, if you will. So we can come to our tasks with more energy. So the more alone time I have, the more I'm able to work and fill my own cup, the better I am um, at homeschool time. Uh, the better mom I am, the the happier I am to cook a nice dinner. But if I am drained, 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 I'm not happy to do all of those things. And it's going to take 10 times longer because the attitude I'm bringing to the table is pretty darn crappy. <laughs> so the same, same with my husband. Before all of this went down, he actually went out with friends twice a week, not to go drinking or anything like that, but to do... Um, cup filling activities, if you will, together. And so he would do that twice a week. And everyone's like, how can you guys do that? How can you do it all? And it's because we found that balance, if you will, between resting and honoring the individual and allowing our kids to have their own interests, allowing our spouses to have our own interests, because it fills us up so much more that when it comes time to work, we can actually get more done because we're bringing more positive energy, positive attitude, and and a rested body and mind to the table rather than just trying to shove it all in and make sense of it. So from a mindset standpoint, that's what we do. From a pragmatic standpoint, time blocking over scheduling. Let me tell you, that is that is life-changing. So if you have the chance to work from home and you have the chance to homeschool your kids, you are the master of your own life. And you can just break through that mainstream Monday through Friday, nine to five mindset and just do a seven day a week approach instead. I, I, it helps me have way more energy and show up for life way more excited because it is life, right? How we spend our days is how we spend our life. So seven days a week, it, we're on, we're not living for just the, just the two. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Um, I'm just, I'm nodding my head. You can see me nodding my head over here <laughs> and it's, it's like a revolutionary idea for me. As I, I mentioned before we started recording, my husband started working from for himself in January of this year. And it's been this whole journey of navigating that. And I know that that's not everyone's situation where oftentimes the women listening, you know, either they or their husbands work outside of the home or in the home. And we all have different life situations. But the just the idea that we can have a seven-day week instead of a five-day week, that it doesn't need to look this certain way, that we can make our lives work for our lives. Because like you said, the way we spend our days are the way we spend our life. And I think I take that as a philosophy for myself. And I, I don't think that personally I've taken that into my family as much as I could and as much as I would like to with that, you know, the flexibility that you're describing is incredible. And with my personality, I am 
naturally schedule oriented. And I have definitely Uh had to learn as a mom to honor the individual, as you're saying. And my kids in some days, they are more high energy and they need more just outside activity playtime. And then some days they're a little bit more tired and they just want to relax. And sometimes we have more screen time. (laughs) Sometimes my husband needs more rest or more work and, and vice versa. And really leaning into that, I think is so powerful, no matter, no matter what situation that we're in as a family. For sure. Uh, you described it just right that some days they want to be outside and playing and it's magical and the sun is shining, you know, but if we had outside time scheduled on Thursday at 4 PM and it's pouring down the rain, we're going to have to learn to be flexible anyway. Full confession. One of the guided journal months is transition. And it was the most painful month (laughs) for me (laughs) because it made me realize I had a lot of unpacking to do when it came to being more graceful during transitions and what I was modeling for transitions. So let's say I used to be very schedule oriented too, um, especially with my former job. But when I started to come into my family and figure out what was important to us and our values, we realized that the individual is more important than a time slot too. So oftentimes, instead of doing homeschool first thing in the morning, which is what a lot of people do like to do, um, if my kids are playing nicely that morning, there's not a chance. I'm going to be like, stop playing nicely, come over here and do this worksheet. <laughs> just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work and they wouldn't feel honored. Um, and then the keeping in mind connection is really important too. So when it comes to homeschool um, or this whole life thing, connection comes first, right? So if they're connecting, that comes first. If we are having an awesome afternoon outside in our yard and we're connecting with nature and we're connecting with this sense of rest, then that is the thing that comes first. Um, When you said, you know, some days your husband is more tired than others. It took me a while to come around to that, but I do see it now too. But my husband is also able to articulate it because we have not articulated it in the past. We're lifelong learners after all. (laughs) So it wasn't always graceful conversations, but it's saying I'm tired today and I'm going to need a little bit more downtime instead of being like, but it's Saturday and we always clean the house together on Saturday. You know, instead of being like, you've had a really rough week. I understand. Take some time for you, man the rest of your day is going to go so much better if you can honor that in the individual. You know, we can get to that worksheet in homeschool after the girls have played nicely together and things start to fall apart. And it would be better if one of the three came out of that situation. That one can come have some one-on-one time and do a worksheet with mommy. So having that flexibility is um, super important and super freeing. I know it's very stressful for type A's or, or schedule oriented people, but I promise you, um, all of us can change because I used to be that way too, but I'm much, 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 much happier. And it feels more true to myself and my family, um, to be more flexible instead. Mm, That gives me so much hope. Good, (laughs) We are definitely in that season of, Mm -hmm learning and growing as a family and what is going to work well for a family. And I think a lot of families are, I have no idea where our world is going to be in a few months when this comes out and what school is going to look like, um, whatever type of school you're talking about. Um, 
whether your kids are in public school or they're homeschooled, what's going to be open, what isn't. There's so many unknowns and uncertainties, I think, in our world, but we have the power to create this family atmosphere. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love that concept. And I really love that you you go back to honoring the the individuals in your family and and also yourself and also the fact that as moms sometimes we need a little bit more rest or we need a little bit more and it's okay to fill mm-hmm. our own cups and i think women hear that a lot but we don't take action on it so i mean it starts with that morning time right but right. then the fact that yeah day to day Things might be a little bit different, but if we allow that flexibility in without judging ourselves and having these expectations on ourselves, then we can have that much easier life. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier said than done, though, as I'm saying it. Like, that sounds wonderful. A hundred percent. But you know, it's getting to know yourself. It's getting to know your strengths and allowing honesty with yourself to be one of your strengths. Um, it's been a crazy time. And I, gosh, I have had some days where I've had to lay down 10 times. I, no joke. That is not an exaggeration. I have been so low energy. I haven't been able to figure out how or why or what. And, and I just kind of allow my body to also work through that too. You know, you can use that as a sign of maybe we need to, maybe we need to be eating more salads. Maybe we need to um, just have more fruits and vegetables and whole foods in our life right now. Or maybe I, oh my gosh, I forgot to take my vitamins or, but it's in that lying down 10 times over in one day that I'm like, oh, I'm really exhausted. Oh, my phone is draining me. Oh, it's so I'm feeling a little guilty about lying down again, but it's what my body needs to do in this moment. And then in the next lie down, it's working through that sense of guilt and dropping it, you know, and just knowing that this is today, this is this moment, it's not forever too. And you um, are taking on so many different roles too, when you decide to switch your education um, values and you decide to start homeschooling and, or you start working for yourself or we're all home at the same time. Boy, do I get that. My husband and I are very aware of our strengths. Um, Um, That doesn't mean we always uh, bring those to the table, if you will. So that's part of our secret sauce, too. Uh, I just kind of wanted to honor that, that it takes a long time to get into these roles. It can take a year or two, really, honestly, to get into homeschooling. Your children are still learning during that time. You are still learning during that time because we are lifelong learners. This is seven days a week, you know, of that kind of mindset. But um, every once in a while, um, we have to, my husband and I have to have a very honest conversation that homeschool is my wheelhouse. This is my strength. Um, Scheduling and figuring out what's best for the children in any given moment because I'm with them most of the time is my strength. Um, you know, I hear your suggestion and, you know, we're going to consider it. (laughs) We're also going to, you know, maybe do what's best for, so there's a lot of, um, cooks in the kitchen sometimes with this sort of situation, but that would also be like me going into the renovation products and projects and being like, I don't really like the way that you're doing that frame right there. I think you should do it a different way. It wouldn't make any sense. You know, he would be like, but you don't know anything about framing. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? You're right. I just didn't like the way it looked in that moment. So it's really being able to honor what our roles are, how they're changing, what we can bring to the table, and then just also kind of trying to stay within the wheelhouse of our strengths without ignoring the other person. But it's a lot of input because you're figuring it out together. Um, So man, just know that in the transition into homeschool and working from home and, and changing everything, I think we're all kind of figuring out that, man, this is a time that calls for a lot of grace. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And thank you for the grace and encouragement that it might take some time. So I think any of the women who are listening who are in this time of transition are like, okay, well, this all sounds great and I'm just going to make it happen overnight, but it does take time. It takes working with your spouse and and really making it work for your family in a way that, that feels good for you. And yeah, time, time, time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I went through three curriculums before Mm -hmm. I came to the one that worked for us. So sometimes learning is still happening. You know, you putting one down and picking a new one up isn't failing. Mm -hmm. It's learning. Do you need to do it? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but you're never going to know unless you try. So I really encourage people to try out a lot of different things. And it doesn't have to be that, um, okay, we're absolutely going to be doing this. This is how it's going to go. You know what? It it might not go that way. Like you said, (laughs) you know, there's... um, with your example of, you know, working for yourself starting in January, and then all of a sudden the world's like, hey, just kidding, you know, or sending your daughter to school and be like, it's going to be for the entire year. And the world was like, just kidding. (laughs) So flexibility, grace, and so much time. It takes so, so, so much time, but that slowing down really helps. It's like how five minutes a day with one topic and a guided journal for one month will change your life more than you just trying to make a quick flip of the switch you know, shift in one day. So slow, slow, slow over time. So if it feels like you're going too slow, it's probably the right pace. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to dig a little bit deeper into homeschool. You and I talked a little bit off air before, and I think that there are a lot of moms who are making the decision to homeschool or coming into homeschooling who might not have expected themselves to make this decision or, Mm -hmm. and have it, you know, be something new that they're exploring, or maybe it was something that they were considering for a while and now they're jumping into it. Can you kind of share about your, your decision to homeschool and what inspires you about homeschooling for, for your unique family? Sure. It's kind of a cool story. I used to be a personal assistant to an international rock star um, for almost 10 years. And when we were traveling on the road on tour, I, as a personal assistant with my background and my just deep love of the family, homeschooled their kids while we were on the road. And we were on the European leg of the tour and I was standing on the stage at the Colosseum in Rome. And we were literally studying Rome at the time it just lined up and then we found ourselves standing on the stage there and i was so blown away that in that moment i knew this is what i want for my kids this is learning this is living this is life this is what i want for my own family i don't want to just read about the coliseum in a book i don't want to sketch it or watch videos about it i want to be standing on the stage with my own children and I want them to take it in too. And I thought, that's it. This is, this is the choice that I want to make for my family. And my husband was on board with it. We were not, and we got engaged the next month <laughs> and, and, and we're pregnant the next month after that, but <laughs> all by design, but you know, he was on board with it too, but it was standing on the stage of the Coliseum that I decided that this is what I wanted for my family too. I've always wanted to be a mom. I know how quickly it flies by from being a nanny for other people, from being a personal assistant, from having friends who bless them, went 
before me, <laughs> you know, with their parenting journey. And one minute you're babysitting them and they're two years old and the next minute they're 21 and in college and getting ready to graduate. And if that is my experience as a babysitter, you know, as a nanny, as all of that, I mean, my gosh, surely my own journey with my own children is going to go even faster. And sure enough, it, it is. So I, I knew I wanted to have my kids around. Knowing that, I knew that I was going to have to make some changes inside of myself too, though, to, to be okay with that and figure out what that is because our, our mainstream motherhood message is get my kids away from me as much as possible. And it's because we're not taking care of ourselves. It's because we're not taking that break. It's because we get the message that, you know, we can't have all these things, but it turns out you can. And homeschooling has actually shown me that. It's part of what I love about it. There's such a focus on connection because that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes back to every single time, connection first. Um, I love our time together. So it feels very opt-out, opt-out to be like, I actually like spending time with my children. I do. I also get breaks in there. So it's not like, you know, saying that I love spending time with my children doesn't mean 24 seven, you know, it's okay to have those ups and downs. Um, I love the freedom of it. I love that we can dive into, um, interest-based learning. So if they're super, super, super interested in chickens, <laughs> then we can spend an entire unit study on chickens, you know, and it's encouraging them to love learning innately rather than being told you have to learn this way. I'm not really a kill and drill kind of person. So I love that it's much more organic and their interest in learning is, I think, much greater because they're given the opportunity to be excited about learning seven days a week, you know? So if they're super into something or super into a topic and they want to learn about it and it's a Saturday evening, we can totally do that. You know, we can stay up late <laughs> because our schedule is so flexible, you know, and we're just going to know that we have to be flexible the next day because energy levels might be a little lower, but they were so high the night before, you know, it's just part of that wave. And I, I appreciate the freedom of that too. It can be a little maddening, especially if you're a scheduler, a recovering scheduler like myself, <laughs> but I, I do like that freedom. I like the practice of it all too. And I love that it gives me opportunities to learn too, because one of the most powerful things you can do as a homeschool parent is to model what you want your children to learn. So if you want them to be readers, you have to read. Isn't that amazing? So now you get to practice modeling positive things for your kids. If I want my kids to read, they have to see me reading. So now I can sit down on the couch or in my favorite rocking chair and read and ask them for a few minutes, mommy, you know, and we get to practice that too, right? It's not like they just immediately are like, that's amazing. Look at our mother reading in her chair by herself. We should bug her. <laughs> it's practice, right? It's, it's us saying, mommy's reading right now and that's okay. Why don't you grab a book? Sit next to me and you read your book by yourself and I'll read my book by myself, you know? And it's practicing, 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 pra and eventually they get it. And eventually you get to sit down for 30 minutes with one interruption, you know, and you actually get to read too. And the guilt just goes away because you know that you're actually modeling something healthy for your kids. If I want my kids to be enthusiastic about learning, I have to be enthusiastic about learning. If I want my kids to be interest-based learners, I have to be an interest-based learner. So for example, this year I decided I've always wanted to learn how to watercolor. And so I signed up for a watercolor class um, that got canceled. 
but that's okay. <laughs> the opportunity will come back around. Um, and also self-study at home then, right? Like the class being canceled actually had me looking at videos, had me signing up for a, a watercolor course online. Um, I wanted to learn how to make sourdough bread. I was tired of not knowing how to do it. So I hosted a sourdough starter class at my house and we learned a bunch of us together, all of my yayas got together and we learned how to do that. So we're modeling learning interest with things. I've always wanted to grow dahlias because I'm willing to spend $10 a flower <laughs> on these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful flowers. And I thought, why can't I just grow them myself? So I did that this year and my, I get excited about it and it fills me up. And again, it's just like this full circle, right? So homeschool allows for that full circle to happen. And it actually gives me more time to myself to explore my own interests too. So quite selfishly, I really enjoy homeschool from that angle too. Gosh, I love that so much because I have always been a lifelong learner myself. I consider myself a lifelong learner. Obviously, I haven't lived my whole life, but I love to learn. I'm always, you know, starting new courses or learning new things. I learned how to make sourdough a few weeks ago from some friends who are hosting a sourdough workshop, and that has been my new little hobby. I started picking up reading um, fiction books. Typically I read nonfiction. I read a lot for work. I read for the podcast and it has been, it's one of those things I've always loved to do, but it's been such a joy and watching my six-year-old learn to read too. And just hearing you talk about, well, you can sit there and read and there might be interruptions in the beginning, but it, it's modeling. And I my mindset is, well, oh, I shouldn't read while she's doing homeschool. I should be there staring over, but I don't need to stare over her shoulder every minute when she's you know, doing her homeschool. I can be there along with her for her to answer mm. questions or for her to read next to me. And I love that idea of learning alongside our kids. And I think even if the mom listening isn't a homeschool mom, I think what encouragement to her that it's okay that we can have our own interests and we can learn and we can grow as moms. We don't have to be just moms. You know, mom being a mother can be our greatest passion and our greatest right. love, but we can also have other passions and other loves too. So I love that. Right. What are you going to be known for? What are your children going to know you for? You know, mm -hmm. what, what, what are they going to buy you for Mother's Day when they're 40 years old? You know, <laughs> my mom's really into sourdough. My mom, I got my mom a new watercolor set or I got her this book that I think she'd really enjoy. You know, it's okay for our kids to get to know us as people too. Um, one of the things I struggled with in the past six months or so was listening to audiobooks, giving myself permission to listen to audiobooks around the kids, putting in mm -hmm. my my earbuds and um, turning to them and saying, mommy's listening to a book right now. And the guilt that I felt, even with all this practice was so huge. I was like, oh gosh, should I be listening right now? <laughs> should I, should I actually be doing this? Should I be doing that? But it's okay for them to learn to allow us space to be ourselves too, because full stop, we are absolutely giving them space to be themselves all day long too. So it's, it's, um, okay to teach them to be respectful, if you will, and return that, I don't want to say favor, but courtesy, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. I'm a huge audiobook lover as well. And we'll go on walks and sometimes we'll have quiet walks and my six-year-old will walk alongside me and I'll listen to an audiobook and she'll just you know, wander and, and look at the sites. And I, I was guilty for a while, but that was kind of one of those 
it started when I had a day where I was like, I just need a break, but I've got the kids and it's my husband's work time. And so let's just go for a walk. And I'm like, can we just do a quiet walk? And we did a quiet walk that day. And there was definitely some guilt in that going, oh my gosh, I'm shutting my kid up. But it was so life-giving for me. I Mm -hmm. needed a little bit of time in the fresh air. I needed a walk. My youngest fell asleep in the stroller. And, but now we have a mix. We have some quiet walks where my daughter loves to walk and just think to herself. And then we have some talks that are far less than quiet. And we have really great conversations or walks. I mean, we have really great conversations. And so I think having that, that balance where sometimes mommy needs her time and mommy's learning and, and having them see that is, is, is really important. Yeah. And when you homeschool your kids and you work from home or, you know, just that being together all the time, you have to take it. You have to carve it out for yourself. They're not going to give it to you. They're not just going to be like, here, mommy, here's your 20 minutes to yourself. You have to take it, but you also have to teach them what that looks like and the why behind it, because it helps them learn to be more compassionate and to give you that space. They, they understand that you need that break and they can do that at very young ages too. My kids are, my daughter's almost the same age as um, your six-year-old. And then I have a four and a half year old and a just turned three-year-old and they can all understand they can. Yeah. Oh, I think you're giving so many moms permission right now to just take that rest that they probably Mm -hmm. so desperately need in the middle of the day or whenever it is that I think it, it is, it is so important. So it's so great. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I can dig into when it comes to homeschooling. I'm curious. Um, I don't want to keep you on too long, but we could probably talk for three hours on this. I'm curious (laughs) kind of, um, both on the kind of curriculum side of things and then also with your your flexible schedule. How did you come to find a homeschool curriculum that works with your family and how do you allow that flexibility into that? I know some of the pressure that I felt as I'm exploring new curriculum um, for my daughter for the next school year, deciding what is going to work for her? What's going to work for our family? How did you kind of come to, to that decision and, and make it flexible? The very first curriculum I came across was recommended to me by a teacher. Um, and she said, you know, maybe look into this one. And so I did. And that's the first one I pounced on um, because I was also tasked with teaching someone else's children, right? So as much as there's pressure to get it um, right for ourselves, when your job's on the line, (laughs) there's like real extra pressure to get it right for somebody else's kids. So I jumped on that one and it was an okay fit, but then the other child needed a different approach because again, honoring the individual one curriculum isn't necessarily going to work for every child. One learning style isn't necessarily going to learn. And then we as the parent are tasked with learning different learning styles, presenting the same lessons in different ways, but that's okay. We have time to do that. It's about practice, blah, blah, blah. All the things (laughs) that we mentioned, there's just Oh, we have to have so much grace with ourselves. I mean, there are so many things that creep up when I start to talk about curriculum and whether it's good enough and whether I'm good enough and, and all of that. So I'm trying to push all of those um, thoughts to the side because I know that they creep, creep up. But when you're looking at curriculum, you have to consider the child and yourself. So recommendations from other people are really a great starting place because there are hundreds of them um, to choose from. And making space for your teaching style and your child's learning style is a great place to start. So you have time 
you know, if you pull your kid out of school on a Friday, you do not have to start homeschooling that next Monday. So if you are in a situation where you're like, oh no, I have to start August 15th homeschooling because that is what the county is, you know, that's when they're starting. No, you know what? You could start on a Saturday. You could start January 1st. You could start March 27th. You could start September 19th. You have time, you have that flexibility. So really taking a step back, real giving yourself time, giving yourself permission to take time because your child is learning every single day, no matter what. Homeschooling is basically life schooling. And if you need to feel better about that, start writing down what they're doing. How many books they're reading. Start writing down the titles of books you're reading aloud to your child or that they're reading or that they're picking up. You will very quickly stop making lists because you're like, I don't have time to write all day long <laughs> what it is they're learning and what it is they're doing. This is, this is crazy. So you can spend some time asking questions about curriculum. In homeschool groups, there are so many resources. So, 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 so many. You can jump online and start normalizing homeschool for yourself. You can follow other homeschoolers on Instagram. It is a beautiful, diverse, wonderful community over there. And so if you can start filling your mind and filling your day with that, you're going to get curriculum suggestions organically that way. You can start to figure out, hey, I really align with that mom's teaching style, or hey, this child reminds me exactly of my six-year-old, you know, so maybe I could look into that curriculum too. Um, but it is life school, it's writing it all down. And, and the other thing to remember too, is that we bring a lot of baggage to the table, if you will, especially if we were not homeschooled ourselves. I was a public school kid, brick and mortar, all of that. And I really thought that education meant struggling, that you weren't actually learning unless it was a huge struggle. You weren't actually stretching and growing and pushing yourself if you weren't struggling, but that is absolutely not true. Curriculum is supposed to be doable. So if you are able to do it and your child is able to do it, that means that you're doing it right. If you are struggling or your child is struggling, that means that something needs to shift. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It is your cue as a parent, as a person, as a homeschool teacher, that something needs to shift. And you can start with yourself. You need to take a look at the curriculum, take a look at you, and then take a look at your child. It, it doesn't start with the child. It starts with you. It starts with you. So it's, um, there's a lot of hangups that we bring to the table. Um, notions that our child has to be excelling. They have to be working a grade level above. In homeschool, if your child is learning math a little slower, you can go down a grade level. You know, you can start and build up those basics and you can wait a while. There's amazing curricula out there like Brave Writer. It's a language arts um, curriculum that believes that you basically just need to teach language arts three times in a child's life. And one of those, um, one of those language arts lessons is learning a foreign language in high school because you're gonna learn what gerunds are and parts of speech and all of that when you're learning them in a foreign language and it's suddenly going to make sense to you in your own language and so it's less of a struggle so it doesn't have to be a struggle it doesn't have to be you standing over your child um, looking over their shoulder being like please just do this worksheet so we can move on which is what most of us imagine i've taught in-person homeschool workshops and almost every single person is like i don't have time to stand over my child 
all day long. And I'm like, oh, honey, if you were to ask your child, they don't want to spend their days with someone standing over them either. You know, there's so many different ways to break through all of these notions that we have to recreate a classroom in our home um, or that we have to follow our curriculum by the book. Otherwise, our child isn't learning. And that's just not the case. You'll find in a lot of curriculum that ideas are repeated on purpose. It's developmentally appropriate for kids and they can learn slowly over time. But if your child has grasped a, a concept, a, a basic math concept, you don't have to keep beating it into them. They've already learned it. You don't have to keep asking them, prove to me that you absolutely do know this concept. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of one-on-one -on -one, um, education too. So start off with suggestions. Know that you don't have to jump on the very first one. Um, know that you can buy used curricula. Um, there are ones that you can download. There are ones that are in print. Um, I did start off with um, designing my own curriculum because I thought with my master's degrees and my background and all of this, I thought, oh, I can totally do my own curriculum for my kids. I even thought about writing one. And then I got started and I thought, no, I don't, this isn't something I want in my life. I don't want to write curriculum. I want to follow curriculum. <laughs> I want to talk about curriculum. I want to teach it. I don't want to write it. So we don't have to put that pressure on ourselves. There's actually um, curriculum available at the preschool level um, that is lovely and charming. And then it takes that um, brain space and opens it up for connection. You know, you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, am I teaching the right thing? You don't have to spend hours on Pinterest. You can, if that fills you up, absolutely, by all means do that for sure. If that is giving you life, if it's doing something for you, if it's working for your child, absolutely do that. But I also just kind of want to put out the message that you don't have to have put that extra pressure on yourself to do it all from ground zero. There are many, 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 many homeschool parents who have gone before you and it is a hundred percent okay to tap into them as resources. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to ask you for some of your favorite resources and put some of yeah. those in the show notes because I'm sure, sure that there are moms listening and myself selfishly. I want to know your resources as well for, yeah. for homeschooling. And it's so funny that you mentioned, oh, if you pull them out on a Friday, you don't have to start on a Monday because that was literally our story. When we, we pulled our, our four-year-old at the time, she was almost five. She was in pre-K out of the preschool she was in because it just it wasn't serving her. It wasn't fitting our life. It was a struggle. And so I decided to, we decided two weeks into school uh, to homeschool pre-K. And I spent the entire weekend researching and I did create my own curriculum based on mm -hmm. some some others. And I was like, I spent the entire weekend just tirelessly creating this curriculum and it worked. It worked out really well for us. Awesome. And, but it was a lot of pressure and I wish I had given us just a little bit of time, just maybe a week just to settle into, okay, life is going to look differently now. And this is two years, almost two years ago now. So, I mean, that was just kind of how it was then, but I, I appreciate that permission to start when you're ready, when it's right for your family, just going along the same theme as we've been talking about, it doesn't have to look a certain way. And what's interesting is, um, after she did start in public kindergarten this year and she was so excited to start and then they got pulled out with the whole COVID situation, 
she was not thriving once again, doing distance learning the way they were doing. And I, nothing at all against her teacher. She has a fabulous kindergarten teacher. She's like, she was probably the best kindergarten teacher I could have ever asked for her. She's so sweet and loving and exactly what you would expect a kindergarten teacher to be. And my daughter adores her. But the, the learning style of being on the computer all the time and doing these worksheets, some of which she, she was way beyond the math worksheets they were giving mm-hmm. her. And she was getting bored and she was asking for more. And she wanted to learn more science. And there were so many other things. She was like, mommy, can we do some of those, some of those other things that we did when you were homeschooling me? And I was getting frustrated, to be honest. I was going, this isn't homeschool. This is distance learning. <laughs> because I was struggling against the, you know, Obviously, we had to follow what the school was giving us just to make sure that she got credit and we were following all of that um, towards, you know, at least through the end of the year. But at one point right now, it'll, it's a, about a week ago now, I was like, you know what, we're going to bring in some of our own stuff because she's not thriving in this. And I went and ordered her a math workbook and I went and ordered her this little unit study that she found really interesting. And the first day we opened up this unit study and I started reading, she was like, her face lit up. She was so excited. She was so ready to learn. And we were talking about um, earthquakes and we were talking about earthquakes and we talked about the earthquake in in Chile in 1960 and how you could feel it in Hawaii 6,000 miles away and so she runs across the room we have a a big living room and she's like it's like this far away except it's thousands and thousands of miles and then she runs back and she's like and we were talking about friction and she was so excited to learn and Mm -hmm. she's in kindergarten and she's talking about tectonic plates and earthquakes and tsunamis and we had this whole really incredible conversation I was like this is why, this is why I love homeschooling for for us and our family. And this is why I love leaning into the way that she really loves to learn. Because I mean, for some other kids, they might be thriving in the way that they were learning, but she wasn't. And it was so powerful to, to lean into what, what she really wanted. And, and I loved it too. And I'm so excited to continue to teach her and continue to, um, you know, I know that when we were homeschooling, when she was in pre-K, she got really into the human body yeah. and having a background in nutrition. I was like, okay, let's do it. So we got some human body books and we dug into the different organ systems. And my grandparents got her this squishy human body, which they thought was a little bit odd for a five-year-old to be asking for, for her birthday, but they got it for her. And we like took it apart with tweezers and looked at the different organs and she loved it. And she still knows so much more about the human body than I'm sure a lot of other six-year-olds do because they haven't been interested in it. So it's very cool to be able to, and I love that you mentioned both your child's learning style and your child's interest and also yours. Mm -hmm. That was something that I think I had to fight against too, was feeling like I needed to teach her in a certain way and realizing that there are so many different ways to learn and so many different ways to teach. And it has to work for, for the both of us. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love every part of that story that you just told. I even like that crunch time weekend that you spent, you know, from that Friday to Monday, because that's true to you. You know, you were filled with passion in that moment and you ran with it and, and it worked, you know, I love, 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 love that because it, you were being true to you in that moment. You know, maybe you didn't know there was other options, but it didn't matter because that was your path. That was your learning style. Love that you honor 
her as an individual. And I was going to say that's a wonderful thing about curriculum is that if your child is excelling, you can buy unit studies, you can buy just math curricula, you can buy just language arts curricula, you can buy just science curricula, you can even do unit studies. You know, like you said, we um, are doing an entire unit study on uh, space my kids are super into it. And now I have a giant refrigerator box turned into a spaceship in my music room, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so it's honoring that individual. And, and then also your family values too. Um, there's so many curriculum to choose from. There is no like necessarily right one. And, and it can be overwhelming. If you typed in homeschool curriculum, you'd probably start weeping <laughs> just the sheer volume. But again, a reframe. How awesome is it that there are so many seemingly endless resources for homeschool families out there, right? And you can start to pare it down by interest. You can start to pare it down by family values. So if, you know, your faith is really important to you, I can guarantee there are lots of different faith-based ones. If nature is important to you, we use a Charlotte Mason nature-based curriculum that's secular for our family, and that works for us. It aligns with a lot of our um, values for education and what baseline we want for our kids. And, you know, so if you typed in a family value, like Christian-based homeschool curriculum, you're going to be pared down immediately, nature-based science-based, math-heavy curriculum, math-specific curriculum, and you really start to narrow it down by age group, family values, interests, all of that, this sea of possibility will feel like a pond instead. Mm, I love that. Such good advice because it definitely, definitely can be overwhelming, especially for a researcher like me. <laughs> I love to do all the research yes. and paring it down a little bit, I think is, is really helpful. Mm -hmm. So I have, I think, one more quick little homeschool question that I think some mm -hmm. of the moms listening might be wondering, or I am, this is a selfish question, but I'm curious. So you have three girls and they're all pretty close together in age, but when you, I'm sure when you started school with your eldest or at least your eldest two, your youngest was still pretty young. So how do you manage homeschool with the older children with having younger children around too. That's definitely something we're learning to, to navigate ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is an awesome, awesome, awesome question. And a major concern for a lot of parents. My children are 21 months and 19 months apart. I nursed through pregnancies. I tandem nurse twice over and was homeschooling and working um, during that time. <laughs> so it was a very crazy, very crazy time. Um, and there was always little kids around, or I'd be sitting down to do lessons and I'd be nursing, you know, and have a baby hanging off of me or at uh, things get interrupted because the baby has to go down for a nap. So it really comes down to life is seven days a week. Everyone in the family is important. We are going to honor the individual. It's being honest. Mommy needs a minute right now to put the baby down for a nap. If the baby naps, I will be able to play with you. If you are loud and the baby wakes up, I will not be able to play with you. In fact, I will be mad <laughs> because let's be honest, it's really hard to get those babies to sleep. And when you have two other babies, because they're all so little at the same time, but it's honoring the individual. The baby has needs right now. Babies have more needs. 
than, than you. And that's okay because you used to be a baby and you used to have more needs like that too, but we're just going to meet them and then we're going to move on, you know? So it's, um, a lot of that it's, it's explaining, it's helping them understand even from a young age, it's normalizing the fact that I'm going to help your sister with her work right now. And that's okay. Please don't interrupt your sister while, you know, I'm doing this. Also having baskets of things to do. So I love the idea of morning baskets. You can look that up too. That's, it's an amazing uh, thought to have baskets for the littles too. Play-Doh is huge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, although it depends on the kid, the temperament, and whether they eat it or not, <laughs> or like whether it gets in the carpet. <laughs> but you can set things up for them too. And it doesn't have to be this giant, giant, giant task. It can be, they can paint alongside too. Just have a little thing that's ready for them. Finger painting is awesome. It's also messy. There are some things that are just going to be messy. Things are just going to be loud. There's just going to be interruptions. And just know that those are going to happen. And then give yourself time and grace to practice being patient with that because I'm not going to lie, having the littles around um, will try your patience quite a bit, but they're also there too. They're learning alongside. They're watching the whole time that they're interrupting, right? They want to know how it's being handled, what they're doing. My two oldest ones are actually um, so close in age and abilities that I just make co copies of whatever it is we're working on and give it to the younger one too. Mm. And she can do it and she can keep up and she's interested, but it's an option for her, not a requirement because she is technically still preschool age. She'll be kindergarten next year, but she's basically com completed the kindergarten curriculum um, alongside of her sister because she's interested in it. So I don't hold them back. I don't see them as in the way. So again, it's that reframe and that mindset. If you think that the younger ones are going to be in the way all the time, they're going to be in the way all the time. If you see them as individuals that need to be honored, whose education is also important, if you see children as learning 24 hours a day, seven days a week, then you can start, start writing down what they're doing too. You know, the imaginary play, that is something. Them watching Letter Factory, <laughs> that's something, you know. There's all kinds of things you can write down. Going outside and playing, um, learning how to be together. It's a lot of learning how to be together. And that doesn't look like you guys all together in a big amoeba, you know, moving in this circle together. You can set up different spaces. There's um, something called the art of strewing, which is pretty fun. Um, it's almost like a secret game for parents where you set up different play areas. <clears throat> don't announce it. Don't talk about it. You just strew fun things around the house. So you get a beanbag chair and a tiny little table you find at TJ Maxx, true story. <laughs> and, and you set some books on there um, with a toy on the top of it. And you will find that a child, one of your children will wander over to this beanbag chair, flop down and start looking through those books or start playing with that toy. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to acknowledge it. Just in your mind and in your mommy heart, know that like, yeah, I love that they're enjoying that set up. Um, I have all these little wooden things that I set up for the kids too. There's this awesome um, resource from Treasures from Jennifer. And it's a math thing, this geometry wooden set with rubber bands and pegs and all of this stuff. And I just set it out on the kitchen table. And then I go into the other room and I set up those books. And then I go into the other room. We're on the front porch. And depending on where you live, um, I set up a, a bucket of Play-Doh with the front door open. Um, 
and someone will wander out there and start playing with Play-Doh outside of my house so it doesn't get everywhere. <laughs> and, and they will do that. So that's kind of the art of strewing is you can set up all these little magical things that are so simple. So, so, so very simple. And that is a way to get the kids to kind of scatter a little bit too, so that they can be interested in things. And also there is no shame in turning on a show for the two-year-old. Letter Factory is awesome. Never thought I'd say that, but it is no shame in that while you take the 30 minutes during the show to go do something that's important to the older one as well. So, you know, it is about distracting, but also including, and then honesty too. So, and then your mindset. So think of them as in the way they'll be in the way. Think of them as learning alongside of you. And then that magic will happen too. If they feel honored as an individual and included, they're going to fight it a lot less. Right. So I actually set up a dollhouse um, near the homeschool table. So when I have to do things, I'll put something new, strew something new into the dollhouse and then the two younger ones will be very interested while I have one-on-one -on -one time with the older one and being in a large family one-on-one -on -one time is a very coveted thing so if you make it something magical and something that they actually want and something enjoyable not you standing over them and like ah they'll want to come learn and then the little ones will want to do the new thing too and it kind of like takes a lot of practice a lot of patience and a lot of talking out out loud thinking out loud you know and explaining to them what's happening you know or even being honest with your emotions I'm very frustrated right now because I feel like I need to get this done and um, you're not allowing me the space to get that to get that done because you know I can't get this done well, I don't I try not to put it on them like you're not you're not doing this actually it's me not making the decision most of the time it's the parents right it's our mindset but you know I need the space to get this done I feel like I don't have the space because of all the yelling in the background you know there are tons of apps you can have them do too and you know but there are a lot of families who don't but homeschool doesn't have to look like just worksheets or it can look like those television shows. It can look like the apps. It can look like playing outside. It can look like Play-Doh. It can look like helping you cook dinner or asking them to stay out of the kitchen and learning boundaries, also learning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so lots of boundaries, I think, is the, and being clear about those. So as I'm thinking about all of this, I'm like, oh my gosh, the kitchen is where I set the most boundaries for sure. Um, but it's okay for them to learn those boundaries and for you to teach them in a, um, friendly and positive and accepting way as much as you can while you're obviously honestly working through it in your mind too because it's so much easier said than done and it's something that I have to practice with all the time and more than once I've yelled get out of my hot kitchen hot kitchen hot kitchen <laughs> you know um, but they they learn that and then I learn a way to present it a little better next time too so lifelong learning for everybody including the littles including the mom <laughs> yeah. Oh, I appreciate your perspective of honesty with our kids. And not that I think that, you know, we are inherently dishonest with our kids, but being open and honest with our kids about how we're feeling about the boundaries that we need to set. I think that's really important. And I love that so much that, you know, you are honest with your kids because they're little humans. I think they are, and they're growing and learning in the way that we model for them, just kind of going back to what we were talking about before. So in, in being honest with them and that, you know, mommy needs some time to get this thing done or mommy needs to take care of little sister or, you know, speaking from my own experience and <laughs> yeah. figuring out that balance, right? So, oh yes, I love that so much. 
Oh my goodness, Lori Beth, I could continue to talk to you for so, so long about this. Uh, this has been so good. It's given me so much inspiration in so many different areas as a mom, as a homeschool mom, as our family creating more flexibility in our lives. And I so, so appreciate your perspective. I have three fun little final questions that I love asking all of my guests. Um, so if you'd be willing, I'd love to ask them. They're kind of rapid fire, but you can take as long as you want to answer yeah. them. <laughs> So because I love to share food and wellness in a way that is joyful and I'm a foodie at heart, I love to start with food. <laughs> so what is your favorite mm. thing to cook? Homemade sourdough biscuits. It's my new favorite thing. I love um, cooking in general. In fact, last night I made a pumpkin bacon sage Alfredo with like oh a gluten-free noodle that's actually divine and yeah, I went for, uh, it's, it's my happy place. That's why I'm like, everyone's standing in my kitchen. That's part of my kitchen boundary yeah. too, right? Like everyone's <laughs> in my happy place right now. Like this is, I, I love cooking. Um, so I made that with some of the sourdough biscuits last night and man, oh, my, my heart was so full before my stomach was. <laughs> That sounds amazing. And I'm very similar. I've had to have conversations with my husband where I go, I don't care if you work late into the night. Sometimes he has to, but I just need a half an hour to make dinner by myself in the kitchen. If you can take the kids during that time, because it is, it's my happy place too. I will often put on a podcast or an audiobook or some music. Sometimes I do the music out loud yes. and he plays with the kids and that's his time with the kids. And that is my time in the zone. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what is your favorite thing then to order if you're going out to eat or have someone else cook for you? Anything my grandma Huck makes. She is an incredible, incredible cook, a farmer from Appalachia. And oh my gosh, she makes everything homemade and her homemade noodles are just, I would give anything for a bowl of grandma's uh, homemade noodles right now. Mm, that sounds so good. So finally, we talk a lot about what I love to call finding your beautiful balance. So it's going beyond this idea of obsessing over our food, but finding nourishment and pleasure in food and life, just like we were talking about. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? To me, it's um, moving forward with life, with things, with learning, with projects, with passions, and also pausing. So it's that forward moment and it's the stopping and allowing ideas to download, um, allowing time to be present in the moment, um, to be outside and to notice nature. And for me, it's summed up with the idea of beautiful and simple because at the end of my life, um, thinking back, you know, when I'm an old, old lady <laughs> and thinking back, what am I going to be thinking about? I'm not going to be thinking about the to-do list. I'm not going to be thinking about the busyness. Um, no one's going to say, wow, she was really busy. <laughs> at least I hope not, you know, but they would have more to say than that. So I try really hard every day to focus on the beautiful and simple moments knowing that that is what really makes up my life and frames my life. And I try to keep that in mind, but I'm also really passionate and want to move forward too. So that's my start, stop, start, stop, start, stop balance that I have of moving forward, following my passion and then pausing and honoring the beautiful and simple moments and just being really grateful for those. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that so much. 
So could you just share where my listeners can find you and what's on the horizon for Yaya Mamas? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm on Instagram at Lori Beth Aldridge. That's where I talk about the blog, homeschooling. If you want to normalize that, I talk about it all the time. Um, my websites are elevatingmotherhood.com and yayamamas.com. And I am really excited because I do have a course available called Homeschool Explained, um, which helps families get started on their homeschool journey with confidence. And I really break down a lot of that for them. And in fact, I've been told I share too much information for one course, but I'm like, you know what? No, no, we need all the information to move forward. We need to feel good about this journey. And then I am um, working on another course as well called True you about getting in touch with who you truly are, you know, getting to the core of you as a woman, as a person, and um, how we do that, the process of going about doing that. And it's going to involve some guided journaling as well, because I found that to be really powerful in getting to know the real Lori Beth and not just, you know, the good girl narrative or the other narratives we've been fed as women, as moms, as people in the society, and just really understanding what is important to me, what my values are, and then learning how to align those beliefs and values with my actions, because that's where I find the most peace. And I just, I want that for more moms. So that's the next thing that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. Oh, so, so great. Well, we will put up all of your links, the links to your websites and your podcast and all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much again for being on. This was fantastic. Oh, thank you. Have an awesome day. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.